The more word you get on the inside of you, the brighter your light shines for Christ. In every area that you need wisdom and understanding, the entrance of God's word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. Each and every one of you is a carrier of the light of Christ. You're anointed to hear the word of God that will truly change you from the inside out. So if you have your Bibles, go to the Gospel of John. We're going to start off in John today. I have so many scriptures because, you know, this, this one word jumped out to me so strong in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Now, I am reading from the New King James. And in the New King James, this is what it says. It says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So when you know something, when you know the truth, the truth has the power, has the potential to literally make you free, right? When you know it. So are you free when you see the outcome, or are, are you free when you know you have something? You're free when you know. When you already see the outcome, it doesn't take a whole lot of faith to believe for that because it's visible, it's evident. But you shall know the truth and knowing the truth is what makes you free. Not seeing the result of that passage coming to light, coming to pass. It's going to come to pass. Say it's coming to pass because God's word doesn't return void. But it's your knowing that changes everything. We know that we are blessed beyond measure because the Word of God says so. We know that today, whether you see your life fully blessed and turned and really 100%, you know, giving God praise for everything, whether you see the finances abounding, whether you see health abounding, whether you see relationships restored today, really shouldn't be it shouldn't make the difference you shall know the truth about your son and your daughter coming back to Jesus you shall know the truth of your finances that you care that you have the wealth of kingdom finances today you shall know the truth that your body is healed set free and delivered and it's knowing that truth that literally sets you free when it becomes a reality is because you knew it was going to be you see, many people don't know the truth. They believe as long as they see, they see evidence. But that's not going to be you. No. So, but, so that's the second part of that scripture. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That word free means liberated, delivered from the dominion of sin. It's the truth that has liberated you. It's the truth that has delivered you. And it's the truth that has made you, uh, de delivered you from the dominion of sin, every single one of you. But let's back up to verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, who was he talking to? To the Jews who believed him. So he was talking to those that believed him. He was talking, we could say he's talking to Christians, like in our day. We could say he's talking to those that believe. Are we believers in this room? We are believers in this room. We're believers of Jesus Christ, right? Son of the living God. So Jesus said to the believers, if you abide 
word abide, that word abide means continue. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Think about this for a moment. It, you don't just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I ask you for forgiveness. I repent. And then go and live life however you want to live life. When someone gets saved, they need to be, they need to be discipled. They need to be mentored, right? They need to be brought in because we must know the truth in order for us to walk out this freedom that God has given us. Amen? Right? But it says, those that continue in my word. There's too many sloppy Christians. Their, their walk is sloppy. Why? Because they're not taking the word of truth and living in it. The word of truth, we must live in it. It becomes well, it, it causes you to change, but at first it is work. In other words, it's determined, it's purposed, it's us saying, I want to purpose myself to really saturate in the truth so that the truth is what comes out of me when the pressure comes upon me. The more word that you have in you, the more you look like Jesus, the more you sound like Jesus, the more, the closer you are resembling Jesus. Is this making sense? Jesus said to those Jews who believed, if you continue, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Wait a minute. So if we don't abide, if we don't continue in the word, then are we truly disciples? No. We're going to be disciples. A disciple is a learner, is what is a learner of Christ. If you're not continually continually abiding in the word then you're not continually abiding in the truth you're abiding on your own if a vine if you're if a plant is on its own it will die it must abide where in the vine it has to abide you need to be connected what is your life source because I want to read some of these scriptures to you from the passion translation so same scripture but it's in the passion translation so I wrote it out and it says this, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. We prove that we are true followers of Christ when we embrace his teaching, all of it, his teachings. If you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. When we embrace the truth, when we say, Lord, what is the truth in this situation? And if you don't know it, then you go to the Word to find out what is the truth in every situation. Because God speaks. There is not a topic that God is silent about. He speaks about every single topic that you could ever think of. So in what I just read to you here from the Passion, for if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. And we all want to walk in true freedom, but freedom is only found in Christ. True freedom is only found in Christ Jesus. So in a culture where Jesus is rejected, and I'm quite sure you guys know as well, many people that you would say would be saying this similar thing, that the Bible is looked at as if it was irrelevant deception runs rampant and it's lost souls claim to know the God of their own choosing that's the problem 
lost souls claiming to know the God of their own choosing. It's a God of their making, but it's not the God of Christ. It's not the God of Jesus Christ. God, Jesus is Lord, right? And so we can only enter into the kingdom of heaven through Jesus the Son, right? So I've been thinking about, about this scripture in the light of, the, the, we're talking about John 8, 31 and 32, how you need to continue in the word and then the truth that, you know, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So as, I, as I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about the light, Jesus being the light of the world, right? He's the true light, by the way. He's the light of the world and he's the true light. Psalm 119, 130. We know that Jesus is the word. We know that Jesus is the light of the world. We know that Jesus is the true light. We know that we are also to be carriers of that light. Each and every one of you is a carrier of the light of Christ. We know that the Father is, he's, he says, the Father of lights. In James 1.17, right? He says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, right? So we know that the Father is the father of lights. We know that Jesus is the true light of the world. We know that we are also the light of Christ, that we are put here on earth. We're not supposed to hide our light. We're not supposed to put our light under a bushel. We're supposed to shine forth the light of Christ, not our own light, but the light of Christ. As we shine forth the light of Christ, people will see Christ in you. So when you start hearing, and I hear this a lot, you know, because I seem to end up talking to people that are not saved, right? And just in the world, which is good. We need to be doing that. And they talk a lot about lights and about being a bright light. Have you guys heard that? Where they talk about, and they'll just, they'll make reference to light and being the bright light and just being a light, being a bright light in this world. Let me tell you something. If you're, and you need to engage them so you can, you can talk to them in this language, but you need to turn it. The light that we carry is the light of Christ and whom we shine forth is Jesus, not our own light. See, they're referring to their own light. That's the danger. They're referring to their light, that they're just, they're good people. They're nice. They're love love you know they're gonna love they're not gonna judge so that kind of that kind of mess you know that kind of lies that's a that those are lies oh the only truth is found in christ right so so jesus is the light he's the light of the world right we are the light we carry his light we know that Jesus is the Word, right? We don't have to go through those scriptures, do we? We know that Jesus is the Word. In the beginning, the Word became flesh, and the flesh walked, and flesh walked amongst us because Jesus walked amongst us. Jesus is the Word. He's the living Word, right? So Jesus is the Word. He's the light. He's the Word. He's the light. He's the Word. Is the Word the light? Yes. The more Word you get on the inside of you, the brighter your light. The brighter your light shines for Christ. Now let's look at this scripture that I just told you to turn to. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of your words gives light. The entrance of God's word is light in us. There is light in us, and it says it gives understanding to the simple. It gives understanding. 
in every area that you need wisdom and understanding, the entrance of God's word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. We're, you know, the gospel is simple. We don't need to complicate it. It's actually quite simple. And Jesus died and he tells you to die. Jesus rose and he says, if you die, you'll, you will rise with me. And you're, gonna, and you're gonna live here on earth and you're gonna carry that mantle where you're gonna do havoc with the assignment of the enemy and you're gonna set captives free because that's what Jesus did, right? Where our lives are supposed to model after Christ in every way. So the more word you get on the inside of you, the brighter your light shines. That's why people are drawn to you. That's why people are so attracted to you. It's the spirit of God in you, but it's the word of God in you that's literally a beaming light. Now, it's also why people don't want to be around you because we also know we have a counterfeit light. We also know that Satan is the counterfeit light, right? We, we know that he, that he comes to do what? Well, you know when he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he literally is, he's a counterfeit. He's a false light. He will come to deceive people. That's his role. That's his job, right? And so that's why you have so many people talking about light, but they're not talking about Jesus. They're not talking about the God of the Bible. They're talking about Satan, their God. They're talking about their father, right? Yeah, you got to serve one or the other. You, you, can't serve, you can't serve both. Proverbs 20 and verse 27, it says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So my spirit, your spirit, is a lamp of Jesus. We are literally lamps of Jesus. We are literally lights of Christ, walking around, illuminating everything that needs to be illuminated. We are literally the lamp of God. And I love that. And I already said that the word of God is the, is the light and, it, and, the more, and, the, and gives us wisdom, but it's the entrance of his word that brings that light. But that light, so the more word you put in, the more your lamp is shining forth for Christ. It's powerful because I want my light to shine bright for Jesus. I, I want to make sure that when I walk in the room, where whatever is dark is now light. The light literally puts out the darkness, right? The light will literally put out the darkness. Whether they want to hear it or not is another story. But the light will literally put out the darkness when you walk in because you carry the light of Christ. And if you say, but you know what? Because let's face it, not every light is as bright as the, the light sitting next to it, right? Like you can have all kinds of lights. You can have lights that are really bright, so bright that you've got to kind of squint, right? They're blinding. You've got lights that are blinding. Is that not true, right? So you've got some lights that are so bright that they're literally blind. You cannot look at them because that's how much light is coming forth. And then you've got those, those, you know, little lights that are just for ambiance. And it's just, we like it for a room where we just want the ambiance. But it's not going to put out a whole lot of light. And, you you know, if you're planning on reading in that room, you may not want to do so, right? Because it's not going to put out that much light. You can barely read your Bible, right? So it serves its purpose, but it's not serving the purpose of illuminating that room. What kind of light are you? What kind of light are you? Are you a bright light that's blinding out and driving out sin? Are you a light that's literally... People get convicted when you walked in because they're like, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> they're like, okay, either she's going to say something, but even just their presence, I'm already feeling convicted. Well, that's the Holy Spirit in you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Word of God in you, right? 
So what kind of light are you? Or are you a light that can easily be diminished because darkness puts you out? Darkness cannot put our light out, church, if we have enough word in us. That's the remedy. When we have enough word in us, the light or darkness cannot put out our light. And we will make sure that our light shines firm for Jesus Christ. Let's turn to John 1.9. New King James, it says, Jesus is the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Okay, we're going to read it again because we can read a scripture like that and miss what it just said. Jesus is the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. When you came into the world, in other words, born again. When you came into the world, in, in, when you came in to Christ, he gave you his light. Jesus is the true light, which gives light to every man that's coming into the world. When it says Jesus is the true light, right there, we know just from the word of God, if he's saying he's the true light, then there's a counterfeit. Because everything that God does, everything that everything he does, the enemy always tries to right do the counterfeit. So he's the true light. So there's no surprise here. There's no surprise. He's the true light. We have the true light. So in the in the passion John 1:9 says for the perfect light of truth was coming into the world and shines upon everyone. For the perfect light of truth which is Jesus was coming into the world and and to shine upon everyone. He's shining upon us. So let's let's get this mental picture. The light of Christ lives on the inside of us because that's who we are born anew with, which is Jesus Christ. He is now shining from the inside out. But the light of Christ now also shines upon us, causing us to be such a bright beacon light for him that you're literally glowing. That's why we get to be radiant for him, just radiating his glorious light, his glorious beauty, his glory, his power, and his presence. Amen? See, when you start to see yourself like this, you walk with a confidence because we're called to. We're literally called to walk with a godly confidence that says, listen, I walk in and what is not right has to bow. You walk in and what is not of God has to actually submit to Jesus in you. And you don't need to yell, shout, scream, and do a somersault and everything else. But you need to stand firm on the truth and go, you know what? Thank you, Lord. I mean, just demons just think you're crazy just because you're praising a God you cannot see. But we can see him. We can see God. We see God in everything. John 1.12, as many as received him, Jesus, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So when you received Jesus, you, you received a right. You received, you received a, an inheritance. You, you received a calling. You received a right, which actually it's a legal right. You received a legal right. You received authority. You received power and privilege. So a privilege because you carry the light of Christ. You know, the Lord could have chosen to put his light in something else. But he chose to put his light in us, his created ones. He created us, fashioned us, and formed us in his image and in his likeness. So he chose to put that light in us because we are to do the works of, of the Lord. We are to carry on the works of God, right? Romans 6, 11, 
says, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We reckon ourselves to be dead to sin. Listen, sin should not be alive in your mortal bodies. The Bible says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Don't let sin have its way in your life. Because when you do, that's when the, that's when the light starts to diminish and darkness starts to increase, right? Romans 6, 12 says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lusts. Don't let it reign in your mortal body that you would obey it. Don't let it become a slave master, a taskmaster. Don't let it rule in your body. Romans 6, 14 says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. These are the words of God. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Wow, what a freedom, what a gift. Thank you, Lord. You said in your word that sin shall not have, it shall not have dominion over me. Say it over yourselves. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Okay? For you are not under the law, but you're under grace. Because of the grace of God, you now get to walk in God's abundance. Because freely he has given you everything, it cost him everything, but he gave it to you for free. He says, I just want you to come. I, I just want you to understand who I am. I want you to come. And, and let me tell you, you come to salvation freely. But then is there a cost to walk in this lifestyle? You better believe it. But it's not going to cost you what it costs Jesus. Only one could die for the sins of all. And now his name is Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 18, having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. We are slaves of righteousness. We are bond servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means we willingly lay ourselves, our lives down. We're not a servant, we're a taskmaster. It says, you better do this. We willingly, a bond servant is willingly, has willingly laid their lives down, has willingly said, I want to be a bond servant for Jesus. Yes, a slave for Christ. Absolutely. The world doesn't understand understand this talk. It doesn't understand this lingual because their spirit has not become anew in Christ. But we pray. Oh, we pray for them and we pray that the Holy Spirit would illuminate their minds. Their minds must be illuminated to the truth of God's grace, to the truth of God's abundance, to the truth of God's incredible power for them. And by the Holy Spirit, they will be drawn. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. In the, trans, in the Passion Translation, this is what it says. It says, except through union with me. This is significant because when, many times, when we first get saved, we think, okay, we, we say that prayer of salvation, and until you're really taught about how to walk with Christ, the mentality of, here I am, yes, I'm saved, but I'm not even connecting to the Holy Spirit at all, like barely ever, right? And there comes a point in time where you learn to walk in step, not just in your devotional time, not just in your Bible reading time, not just when you're in church, right? But always through union with me. The reason that the Christian life is really quite simple is because you should not be in charge. Christ should be through union with me but you know this is simple to say but it's literally something that must be practiced to do to carry it out we have to be we have to put ourselves in remembrance and we also may ask the Holy Spirit to put us in remembrance because the enemy always would try to cause you to forget 
and then you go in that automatic pilot mode and you realize I didn't even ask the Lord or I'm not even considering what he's even thinking or saying about a certain topic or, or something you may be doing. Are we following? Do you know, it's really talking, I'm really talking about letting the light of Christ that is in you illuminate your steps, but the only way he's going to be able to illuminate your steps if you're truly walking intertwined with him. So this scripture, John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, except through union with me. Passion translation. Except through union with me. So he is the way to the Father. Jesus is. He is the way to the Father. He is the truth about God. Jesus is. He is the truth about God. And he is the, he is the very life of God. Jesus is. He's the very life of God. You might say, well, this is kind of basic. Why are you going through this? Because you need to know it. You need to know it with like the back of your hand. We need to know, all of us, we need to know this because the gospel truly is simple, but the world is perverting it. And we have to know so clearly, and those little things are subtle. The things that are coming out, people, what they say, even some of your very own loved ones, they're subtle. But it's those subtleties that really can change the whole course of action. If something is just slightly off, your final destination will be off. We want to know that what we do, what we live, what we say, how we speak, what we, what we saturate our thoughts with are literally, truly the words of life and not things you may hear that sound good but are not good. They just sound good. They sound good. They're, they're common. People will say all kinds of stuff, right? There's only one way to heaven, and it is through Jesus Christ. There's only one road, and narrow is that road, right? And few find it. But you know what? Are we going to be those that stay that path and continue that path and continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling? Are we going to be those people that continue to say, I love God with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, all of my strength, and I'm not going to waver from that? Are we going to be people that we don't just love God in a, in a worship service where the Spirit of God is moving in a beautiful, powerful way, but we worship God all the time, every day, morning, noon, and night, you know, day and night, night and day, because God has transformed us. He has literally transformed us. We have been saturated by Him and in His Word because we've put our hand to the plow and we're not looking back John 14 7 if you have known me you would have known my father also when you know Jesus you know the father right now you know I know that revivals you know breaking out in lots of different places but I believe I'm living on fire like I, I don't need to I don't I don't want to have to always be revi revival revival get back on revival I just want to live on fire I live on fire and I think the goal is to live on fire now if your fire died out maybe you do need to be revived okay great gets get revived but now let's live on fire it's possible. Living on fire for Jesus is literally what we're supposed to live. Not constantly always need to be revived again, revived again, revived again. If you're needing to be revived again, it's because you went back to sin's doings, right? So we don't want to do that. We want to live on fire, but you've got to be purposed. You've got to be purposed to do so. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Love is proven by obedience. The reason that the devil tries to keep so many in this generation away from reading the Word of God is because it's the Word of God that's going to bring the conviction in the area of sin. It's the Word of God that's going to change our heart in what is right. It's the Word of God that's going to draw us to love Him even more. It's the Word of God that's going to teach us what is right and what is wrong. 
But this is also why the enemy keeps so many unbelievers from reading the word or even getting close to it. And yes, truly, believers too, now that I think about it, right? And so, but love is proven by obedience. So love empowers you, literally, love empowers you to obey the commandments. It's not, it's not, oh, I have to. Love, the love of God will empower you to obey those commandments, right? To literally walk in the, in the, will, in the will of God. So will you make him become your dwelling place?